Buenos días, bienvenidos. Welcome, everybody. So I don't know about you, but this is how I want to start my new year. God has granted us the privilege of finishing a year and starting a new one, and here we are. Um, just for being here, you're super blessed. Want to let you know that. Um, I know a lot of people are on vacation. A lot of people are ill. They let me know. Hey, we're going to be watching online. So we're grateful that you guys are uh, watching and participating in the service. Nothing like being here in person, but sometimes you're not able to make it, and we're glad that we're able to have this online option. But I want to welcome everybody, uh, whether you've been here forever or this is your first time in one of our services, we're glad that you're here. And uh, we, hope, we hope that you're here with the intention of hearing from God. We hope that you're here with the intention of worshiping Him as we did through songs and recognizing His worthiness and how awesome He is. And I hope that you're here with the intent of, of hearing from him and drawing closer to him. I think we'll be able to do that as we continue with our service. So welcome. Um, I want to mention, um, I'm really glad that the elders decided to do an 11 o'clock start because that meant, you know, everybody got here on time, which is great. It's exactly what we thought would happen. And thank you for being here right on, right on time. I think next year we'll just leave it at 10. I don't know that it actually helped at 11, right? Uh, so, but we're really glad that you're here. Let me mention a couple of announcements. Um, if you're here for the first time, I hope you, you uh, had a chance to swing by our, our kind of welcoming table and got a little gift bag from us. And, um, and then if you were up for it, you gave us some of your info so that we could stay in touch with you and you can know what's going on here at Crosspoint. Because for us, when people are here for the first time, you guys are special guests and we are glad to have you. And so we're, we're blessed to have you here. Um, let me see. I think we haven't passed out the, the translating devices. I think we're doing that now. So let me address our Spanish group really quick. Buenos días a todos de nuevo, nuestra uh, grupo de español. Eh, creo que ya pasaron los audífonos. Oh, ya tienen los audífonos. Si alguien está aquí y prefiere escuchar el servicio en español, por favor, levante la mano y nuestro hermano Manuel ahorita va a pasar y les va a dar una, un, uh, un aparato que, que va a escuchar directamente del cielo una traducción digo date atrás tenemos un traductor allá atrás que nos va a ayudar para que puedan escuchar el mensaje en español so, si ocupan un aparato para traducción levante la mano y vamos a pasar y darles uno very well so today we have a combined service which is always a special treat um, let me mention a couple of things that are in your uh, newsletter and I gotta thank Kathy you do such a great job uh, in our newsletter week after week. We're grateful for you and your efforts and what you do for us. Um, but for those who maybe aren't getting the, the newsletter, and I'll mention this now, we want to make a big push. We want to make sure that everybody here not only has access to, but is getting our newsletters because a lot of work goes into it, um, a lot of good stuff in there for you to read up on. And, and, and sometimes I, I, I'll tell people, they'll call me with a question that's in the newsletter. I'm like, ah, oh, you didn't get the newsletter? I'm like, no, oh, I don't get the newsletter. So we want to make a big push this January to make sure that we help you get in contact with or signed up for our newsletter. So if you don't currently get our newsletter every Saturday evening, talk to Tony. He will, he will hook you up. He's going to have a team pretty soon that is going to help you uh, figure out what the problem is because we want everybody to get the, the um newsletter. So on the newsletter you'll hear 
one of the most important things that are ha that are, that's happening here in our in our church is that this month we're starting our trimester one 2023 growth groups. This time we have. Uh, now I forgot, it's either 12 or 13 growth groups. So these are options for you to engage in spiritual growth in a small community, either here at church or at somebody's home throughout the week. We have, uh, I think it's 10 groups in, Span in English and two in Spanish. We have a, a Spanish and an English online option for you if you're not able to make it, if you live far away, or um, if, that, if that's just better for you. But we really would highly highly encourage everybody to sign up for a growth group if you've never done a growth group i'm talking to you consider uh getting in a growth group if you're thinking like i wonder if this is something that god wants me to do i assure you he does he wants us to grow in community he wants us to be part of a growing group in which we make ourselves known and we know other people that's what the christian life is and i'll dare say that if you're not in a growth group here at cross point you're you're running like at Maybe 50%. I'll dare say, I, I dare say that. If you're just coming on Sunday mornings and listening and then going and then you, you don't hang out with anyone or you don't have a, a midweek service or anything like that, you really are missing out. And you, you probably don't know how much you're missing out because you don't know what you don't know. So I would highly encourage you as the pastor here at Crosspoint, see to it that you sign up to a growth group. All the information is online. All the information is in the newsletter. All the information is outside in the portico area with some clipboards with all the information of who's teaching, what days, what time, what the topic is. Um, I would love to have you guys all in my group, but we can't. We're, trying to, we're gonna try to limit the groups up to 15 people or so. Uh, but we're looking forward to having over 100 of you uh, cross-pointees be part of growth groups. I think that's really amazing. That's how we finished last year. I'll be talking about that in a little bit, but we wanna start off the new year strong and I can't think of any other way than being here in the service, being committed to a growth group, and then also being committed to serving in one way or another here at church and outside of church. That's our discipleship plan, but I'll talk about that later. For now, I'm just saying, let's have you really consider and take that step of faith and sign up for a growth group. If, if you're one of those many people that are waiting for the last minute, you're already past the last minute, all right? So it's already January 1st, and so it's now time for you to sign up. Let's do that. Let's get that done today. Um, that way, the growth group leaders can be in contact with you. For example, myself, I know that I'm going to start my group not this Tuesday, but a week from Tuesday. And so there might be slight changes like that in different groups. So you want to be aware of those. If you have any questions, see any of the elders, any of the growth groups, and, and myself, I'm one of those as well. There is a, a uh, I'm sure your New Year resolutions might include getting in shape or getting healthier and doing a little more exercise. We can even help you with that. There's a um, group that's going to do a hike on the 7th. They're going to meet here at 9 a.m. Um, there's several of you that are in charge of that, but I know Carmen Perez is, is, is one of the main ones. Uh, that's a great place to just come, get a little exercise in, take in some nature and then, uh, and then bond with some of the people here at Crosspoint as well. So keep that in mind. The last thing I'm going to share this morning is that this is more of a, uh, a smaller group announcement, but if you're an elder, deacon, maybe an usher, growth group leader, a ministry leader, uh, or somebody that, that is really interested in growing in your faith and in your knowledge and your leadership skills, we're starting this year a leadership development program, very specific and we're going to start off by taking classes through the master's 
University. They have a leadership, a church leadership institute, and we're going to be taking some courses. Uh, we plan on having three cohorts of about 12 people each, led by one of the elders, probably my, myself for sure, Keith, Luis, maybe Tony. Between the four of us, we're going to lead those groups. We're going to take a course called the Doctrine of Salvation. We're going to start there, and it's going to be a 12-week course. They're $70 each. They're on sale for 35 bucks because of the uh, season. I already started a, a cohort. I have space for 10 people that want to take this course. We'll give more details. We're going to get that started more towards the middle end of January once the dust settles with our growth groups. Uh, but be in prayer about that. I know many of you have already contacted me, are interested in that. Um, we want to get to the place where we're all taking courses like that. And we're all growing in our faith. We come to church on Sunday morning. We're part of a growth group. And for those of us that feel led to lead, um, that want to be used by God in a special way, uh, then we, we're going to have these uh, courses available for you. You might have some questions. See me uh, afterwards. That's it for announcements. So what I would like to do now is I want to take communion. So if you, if you want to take communion with us and you didn't grab one of these, please raise your hand and we'll come by and give you one. All right. And then what I want to do in preparation for that, I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, a very well-known verse in the Bible, very often quoted. If you want to know a little something about me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Of course, you hear me saying that a lot, but it's true. 5.17, the Apostle Paul here writing says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Very appropriate for the first day of this year, right? First Sunday, but first day of the new year, being reminded of this truth of every believer. What makes you a Christian, what makes you a believer is that you are a new creation in Christ. We understand by faith that all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. If you're a Christian, you were made a new creature in Christ. You were born again from above. And that is what we are reminded when we take communion. The question becomes, well, how does one get to be born again? It is by grace through faith. As you hear the gospel presented, as you hear the news of salvation, starting with the bad news, and here at Crosspoint, we want to give you the whole counsel. We don't want to just give you the nice, pretty stuff. We want to give you the whole thing. And the gospel needs to begin with the bad news. And the bad news, as it says in Romans 3.23, is that all of us have sinned, and we all fall short of the glory of God, and that there is nobody who on their own merit outside of Christ can gain God's favor, can be justified. No one can be justified by the law. No one can save themselves by being a good person. And all of you guys know that is a big lie of the enemy. And many of you bought into that lie. In fact, I would say that all of us were born with that lie already inside of us for us to justify ourselves and to 
make ourselves think wrongfully that we were good people. By implication, good people that don't deserve to be separated from God in hell for all eternity. But then you read the Bible and you realize, nope, you actually are not a good person, that you're a sinful individual from birth, and that you're separated for all eternity from a holy and perfect God. And your only hope is to be made a new creation through Christ, through what, specifically through what he did for you at the cross. And you're able to say with Paul, I am crucified together with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. All of that is represented as we take communion. As you take, peel back the first layer and you take the bread, it is a funny-looking bread because this is unleavened bread. And leaven in the Bible always speaks of sin. We need to understand that Jesus was God in the flesh with no human father, no human fallen nature, and so he lived a perfect life. He was born perfect, and he lived a perfect, sinless life, and it is that body without sin that was offered as a payment for our sin. Let's take that together. As you peel back the second layer, you reveal the Jews. It represents the precious blood of Christ, our Lord, that was shed on our behalf on the cross at Calvary. And we might think, well, how could the blood of one man be sufficient to forgive me of all my sins, past, present, and future, and then all of your sins, and for anyone who is willing to repent and come in faith in acceptance of what he's done? And the answer is, Christ is that valuable. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity who became a man in order that he would take our place at the cross, is that valuable. The Lord Jesus Christ is worth more than myself, you, all of us, and everybody and everything that exists. And so when he died at the cross, his payment is sufficient for all of us. Let's take that together. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for you allowing us to start a new year. Father, we've all made mistakes this past year. I dare say none of us lived the way you call us out to live. And we pray for forgiveness for that. And we ask that as we start a new year here at church, making you a priority in our lives. Father, that we would strive, that we would press on, press forward to be more like your son. And in doing so, living a life that is pleasing to you, honoring to you, glorifying to your holy name. I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here, those joining us online, those who weren't able to make it this morning. I pray your blessing so that we would in turn be a blessing to others and point them to your son Jesus as their Lord and Savior and for spiritual growth. 
we're blessed in so many ways, but allowing us to be here on a Sunday morning, the first day of the year, what a special blessing. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray for your blessing on this service and this time. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Very good, beloved. <clears throat> so this morning, we're going to, again, suspend for the last time, hopefully for a while, our, our messages based on Luke. When we get back next week, Lord willing, it will start in Luke chapter 12 and, and talk about hypocrisy. So we are looking forward for that, right? Yeah, hopefully it won't be empty next week. Um, but this morning, the reason why I wanted to pause that is I want to I share a message with you that I hope is encouraging. Uh, I hope that this message is, is something that, being that it's the first day of the year, I think it's important. I think it's important to recognize what days we live in, the opportunities that a new year presents itself. Um, and so the, the title of this morning's message is Pressing On. And I want to read Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 1 all the way to verse 14. And this is the Apostle Paul talking about his life, his journey, his walk. And I think there's a lot for us to learn about the, from the Apostle Paul. I think I would dare say that outside of Christ our Lord, of course, the Apostle Paul has to be the most outstanding Christian in all of history. I mean, what he did is amazing. His missionary journeys, his willingness to give everything up, his willingness to endure hardship, to sacrifice. You know, he took beatings. He, it, it, and we, we get to read all about that through the scriptures and his letters and the book of Acts. It's just an amazing individual. And so I think this morning there's much for us to learn from the Apostle Paul who lived an outstanding life as a Christian, though he lived 2,000 years ago. So the main point this morning is that we glorify God by living our Christian lives as the Apostle Paul did. We glorify God by living our Christian lives as the Apostle Paul did. So how did he live it? Let's read a little bit about it in chapter 3 of Philippians, verses 1 through 14. I'll go ahead and do that reading. So it says, <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3, Finally, all my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, of evil workers, beware of mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, and concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Therefore, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amazing. Uh, Philippians, one of my favorite letters uh, from Paul. But here in this chapter... You know, he's talking about who he was. So he's writing to this church in Philippi, a dear church to him that he established in one of his missionary journeys. And he's telling them, hey, don't have any confidence in the flesh. If you're a highly intellectual person, good for you. But don't put your confidence in that. If you're a highly gifted, artistic person, great. But don't have confidence in that. If you're a super organized, disciplined individual, great. But don't have your confidence in that. If you're a very accomplished individual, if you've done great things, great. But don't have your confidence on that. And then Paul, as he does in other portions in Scripture, he says, and, and if anyone thinks they have something to boast about or have confidence in the flesh, he goes, I more so. And that's what makes Paul such an interesting individual. He says, I'm on the stock of Israel, born uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day, meaning from my birth, I was already in a privileged position within the Jewish culture. And he grew up as a Pharisee, a Pharisee among Pharisees. He was an outstanding individual within the Jewish community. He had it all. He had the prestige. He probably had the money. He had everybody's respect. Everybody admired him. He had all these accomplishments. He had a great teacher growing up. I mean, he was, he, in many ways, he, he kind of had it all. Anybody that would have known Paul would have said, that Paul, man, that guy's going somewhere. He's going to lead us. He's, he's doing great things. There's an outstanding individual. And yet, he says, have no confidence in the flesh. And he, then he, he states his credentials, and then he says, and all of that, as outstanding as, and as impressive as those things are, I count them as rubbish, trash, meaningless. You know, the Apostle Paul didn't follow the Lord because there was nothing better to do. He followed him because he understood that he was the best thing he could do with his life. I would love for us to take that attitude. And I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but maybe you remember a time in your life when it was like, hey, let's go to church. Ah, but it's the first of the year. You know, there's probably some good football games. Are we missing the uh, Rose Parade? That's tomorrow. They don't do it Sundays, right? They still don't do it Sundays? Very interesting. They don't do it Sundays because they have a... A long time ago, they did a pact with the Lord and said, hey, if you don't... If, you don't, if, if it doesn't rain on the first day of the year, then we will... Uh, we'll thank you, and then we won't have the Rose Parade on a Sunday. Very interesting. Um, but maybe many of us will remember, and maybe some of us are, are still there. And perhaps I should say most of us are probably still at the point at some level where, you know, we give to the Lord what is convenient. 
We give to the Lord what's easier. We give to the Lord what's comfortable. You know, maybe we go to church as long as it doesn't start too early. Or we'll go to church as long as they have my type of music. Or we'll go to church if my favorite team is not playing. Or if, and, and, and you go up the line, right? If, like if my kids don't have a game. <sighs> if, and, and as long as they don't offer me triple overtime, whatever. All I'm saying is, I think we're all on that same boat. There might be some of us a little bit farther ahead, some of us a little bit farther back, but we're on that. And what I'm saying is the Apostle Paul was not like that. He didn't fall back on serving the Lord because everything else didn't work out. So I'm going to go and serve the Lord. No, he had it all. And when he had an encounter with the Lord, he instantly realized how valuable the Lord was, and he was willing to take all of his previous accomplishments and say, now to me, in comparison to the knowledge of Christ, everything else that I did on my own is trash, meaningless. I leave it all behind, and I'm going to pursue Christ with everything that I have. Man, if that would be my attitude this year. I want that to be my attitude. At some level, that is my attitude, but I see my shortcomings. So, we're going to focus on verses 12 through 14. Just 12, 13, and 14 with this message entitled, Pressing On. Pressing On. And what we're going to do is, I'm going to read that, that, por- that small portion again, and then what we're going to do is, if, and I hope you all have a handout but we're going to fill in this, this phrase, living the Christian life requires, and we're going to take three points from this reading from verses 12 through 14. So let me read again what I just read, but now with maybe some of the context that I just explained. This is the Apostle Paul again saying in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So how should a Christian live his life? How should you and I be committed to living this new year starting today? Living the Christian life requires point number one, a realistic assessment. And all the main points that are missing on your handout start with the letter R. I just gave you a big hint. A realistic assessment. What do I mean by that? The Apostle Paul looks at his life He gives his his impressive former credentials. And then he says, but I've left all of that behind so that I can pursue Christ. And then he says, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected. You see that? I love that about Paul. Because Paul was able to look around even to the other apostles and say, I do more than them. But then he catches himself and says, but not me, but Christ in me. But Paul is able to look around, even to his contemporaries, the other apostles, and say, I do more than they. And then 
in verse 12, he says, but I need to let you know, I'm not where I should be and could be, which is the ultimate goal for any Christian is Christ-likeness, for you and I to be like Christ. Will we ever achieve it in this lifetime? No, but that is our goal. That is what we strive towards. And the more you grow in Christ-likeness, the more of a God-pleasing life you live. And so he says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. So I love the fact that the Apostle Paul, though he could say, look at everything that I gave up, and it's impressive. And then he's still able to say, and I do more than everybody else. That is also impressive. But then he says, but one thing that Paul didn't do, he didn't compare himself and was satisfied with that. Because he could have done that. He could have said, like, look, every church that I have established, I'm the outstanding one. Every apostle out there, I know more than they, and I do more than they. Therefore, I'm just going to relax. Since I'm already number one, I'm just going to relax and take it easy. He doesn't do that. He's able to have an honest assessment of himself, a realistic assessment, and say, yeah, I gave all that up. Yes, I do a lot for the kingdom, but I know that I'm not where Christ is, and therefore I'm not where I could and should be, therefore I press on. And I think that's really important. Having a realistic assessment of ourselves and our situation, our spiritual walk, is super important. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that as a kid, as a young man, I had a pastor whom I admired. I think everybody in our congregation knew that nobody knew more than Pastor Delgado. Everybody knew he was the most knowledgeable and maybe spiritual person that we all knew, and yet he would never settle. He would tell us, the more I learn, the more I realize how little I know. The more I study the Bible, the more I know how much more there is to know about God. And I'm grateful that I grew up with that. And, and that attitude still has to be in us, beloved. We're in a spiritual walk as new creatures in Christ. You begin and you develop for the rest of your life, and you never settle. You never want to be in a place where you're comfortable and you've settled and you're like, you know, I'm so glad I'm not who I used to be. Um, I'm just, I'm on a good place now, and I'm just going to put my feet up, spiritually speaking, kick back and just kind of let things go by. That, that is not the attitude of a Christian. If you take a realistic assessment of yourself, both on the inside and on the outside, you know, how are you with your integrity as a Christian in your personal walk with the Lord? And then how are you with the fruit of your profession of faith? How is that faith playing out as a blessing to others? And I don't know, but to me, there's so much more to do, so much more to grow, so much more to learn, so much more to give. And I say that sincerely. I hope that's our attitude. We take a realistic assessment, and, and we're glad. See, that doesn't mean that we, we can't acknowledge the fact that God allowed us to do this or accomplish that. That's, that's all fine, but our confidence is not in those things. We can still rejoice and benefit from things. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that right after high school I went to college and I got a bachelor's degree in child development and I became a teacher like I wanted to do. 
and, and I was blessed by that, and God used me even through that, and I'm still reaping uh, benefits of that former life before giving up teaching and being a full-time pastor, I'm glad about that, but my confidence is not in that. Have you been a teacher for 20 years? I'm glad I was, though. I learned a lot. And I think I'm a better person for it. So I don't have to deny things like that. I don't have to deny that I was such a great athlete. Oh, wait a minute. What, what did you say? What? Excuse me? Uh, I'm just checking, making sure everybody's awake. I enjoy playing sports. I enjoyed beating other... I'm kidding. I'm just I'm kidding. I, I learned a lot through sports. It kept me out of trouble in many ways. I think God used sports to, to shape me in many ways. Like, we don't have to deny those things. But my confidence is not in that. Our confidence needs to be in who Christ is and what he's done for us in our relationship with him. But having a realistic assessment ultimately means we, we don't deny everything that God has done in our lives and has allowed us to accomplish, but our confidence is not in that. And part of that realistic assessment is, I still have a long, long way to go to be like Christ. And to me, that's exciting. To me, it's exciting that I have an opportunity to end 2023 if God gives me life and not be the same person that I am now, to be a better version of myself as a Christian with my identity in Christ, to get rid of the bad, old, ugly habits that weigh me down, and to be able to end the year possibly in a better place, more Christ-like. To me, that's exciting. And it, it reminds me that there's so much work to do. Can't be complacent or lazy. Listen to Romans 12, 3. This is also Paul saying, he says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And, and this, I'll read Proverbs 3, 7, because it's very similar. Solomon, a thousand years before Paul, says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Over and over, there's a ton of verses like this. You know, Paul says to examine yourself. Don't be wise in your own eyes. That's something that we have to be intentional about because all of us are wise in our own eyes. You know, we, the things that we do, we do them because we think those are the right things to do. And even when we see that it's not quite the best thing to do, we're afraid of the cost of change. But most of us have a problem of being wise in our own eyes. And God says, don't do that. Be honest with yourself, how you see yourself. And I'm not about, you know, grab a whip and start whipping yourself and how terrible a person you are. You are pretty terrible. Glory in the fact that you're no longer the same person. Glory in the fact that you're a new creature in Christ. You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, successes and failures and mistakes. But God knows all that. The question is, will you be willing to press on and continue forward? Will you take a realistic assessment of yourself so that you will be able to say, yeah, I fall short in these areas. I need to move forward and press on. We won't press on if we don't understand 
that there is still a lot of growth that needs to happen in our lives. So living the Christian life requires a realistic assessment, but it also requires an attitude of resolve. Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but he says, one thing I do. That's pretty specific. He says, I'm not where I should be, but I do one thing. What's that one thing that he does? What's his resolve? He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. You know why people often don't move forward? Because they're stuck with the past. You gotta learn to let it go. I, had a, uh, I was watching a video, so a professor talking to a group of young people, and he has a pitcher of water, probably weighs maybe five pounds, and he says, what do you guys think? Can everybody lift this pitcher of water? He's like, yeah, of course. What if I ask you to lift it like this? Yeah, we could all do it. What if I ask you to lift it like this for 10 minutes? Mm. Well, a pitcher of water is not a big deal, but when you have to hold it like this for 10 minutes, it becomes a problem. And his point was, and I don't think, even think he was a, a, a religious individual, he says, it really doesn't matter the weight of the object. It's just you carrying it around eventually becomes a problem when you've carried it long enough. And I think that's how we are, beloved. When we don't forgive, when we live in resentment, when we live and carry anger around, we're stuck in the past. Boy, you know how many people wronged Paul? You know how many people abused him instead of praising him? Paul could have easily been so resentful, not just towards his enemies, but even towards the church who maybe they weren't living the way they were supposed to. And he could have been very angry, resentful, and bitter. But he says, I do one thing. I forget the past, and I reach forward. Is that not a word that we all need to hear? And he would include past successes. He says everything. Everything becomes new. I leave everything behind, and I start afresh. You know, some of us don't serve and don't grow in our faith because you're looking back 20 years ago when you were on fire for the Lord, and you experienced all this growth, and then something happened, and then you're like, ah, you know, forget it. And now you're no longer living the way God wants you to live. Why? Because you're hanging on to the past. They could be good things or, or bad things in your mind. I would dare say there isn't one person here who does not have more than one thing to let go that is, that is weighing you down, slowing you down, hindering you from knowing God better and serving Him the way He created you to serve. Living the Christian life requires an attitude of resolve. You might say, Mike, I can't let it go. I'm... Yeah, you can. Philippians 4.13. I know a lot of athletes like to use that. But I can do all things who Christ that gives me strength. The question is not can you, but are you willing to let it go? in order that you will be able to reach forward. If you're reaching back and holding on to something, you can't reach forward at the same time. you got to give one up. And as Christians, we should not give up reaching forward for the prize of knowing God and being like Christ because we're stuck holding on to anything and everything in the past. 
And look, being a school teacher, taking courses in college about family violence and child abuse and all that stuff, I realize that a lot of us are carrying some pretty heavy stuff for which we might need help. Seek the help. Don't see that as weakness. See that as strength to be able to say, yeah, I'm broken and I messed up and I don't know how to get out of this. Let me ask for some help. Let me start off with my growth group leader. Let me talk to my pastor. Let me talk to a Christian counselor. I would say do something. Don't do nothing. Do something. Don't allow the enemy to keep you stuck because that's not what God wants you. We're followers of Christ. We can't be stuck. We don't have the luxury or the time to be stuck anywhere if we're going to be following him. If there's sin in your life, let it go. Repent from it and confess it, and you will find a forgiving God. If not, you're going to go around stumbling. Why would you want to do that? Bearing shame and guilt that you don't need to. In Christ, we are offered a new start, and his mercies are new every day. Take him up on that. You need to have an attitude of resolve. No matter what, I'm going to leave the past behind, and I'm going to reach forward. That is the resolve. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 to 5 says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Saved us from what? Saved you from everything. What does Jesus not save you from? Is there something that his blood was not able to cover? Do you think his sacrifice was that weak? Or will you trust the word of God? Will you trust his promises? Will you trust his character and his name when he says that though you were sinners, Christ died for you? 1 Peter 4.3 says, For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revileries, uh, drinking parties, and uh, abominable idolatries. He says, we've lived long enough that way. That's it. Give that up. You can't live like the world and love the world and the things of the world and follow Christ. You got to give it up. That's where repentance comes in. That's what repentance is about. It's a change in mind that results in a turning to the opposite way. We go from living in lust and in sin, and then Christ comes in and we change. There's a conversion. There's a new birth. There's a new beginning. All of that is available to anyone who's willing to come to him. We've already spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the enemy. Let's spend the rest of the time doing the will of God. Last point. It's a combined service. I love it. We don't have to finish like right away. You guys, are you, everybody okay still? All right. I met somebody a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's a pastor at uh, Disciple Church. 
here in Whittier, great guy. Um, and, um, you know, I want to know what he was about. I met with him, and so I went online and listened to some of his sermons. He preaches for an hour. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm being cheated over here. I only preached for 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that today. I'm on my last point. But um, it was awesome to see. So living the Christian life requires a realistic assessment of our situation. It requires an attitude of resolve, and it also requires a resilient attitude. Why resilience? Because the Christian life is not easy. If anybody sold you on the idea that if you become a Christian, everything's going to be cool and nice and and rosy and, and awesome, and you're not going to have any more problems, and everything's going to be, like, great. You're, you're going to have money in your bank account. You're not even going to know where it came from, and, and then you're never going to get sick, and you're never going to experience tragedies or hardships. If anybody sold you that, it was a false bill of goods. You're going to need a resilient attitude. Philippians 3.14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The idea of pressing on is hard work. The idea of pressing on is that we are intentionally sacrificing towards a goal, towards a prize. It's not just, you know, God's going to do his thing in my life. I'm just going to sit back and let him do his work. So he could take all the credit. Now, he takes all the credit anyway, but he invites us to participate in our spiritual growth. You can't just say, like, yeah, I'm committed to spiritual growth, but I'm not joining a, a growth group. I'm just going to uh, let the Lord speak to me through dreams. And you're, you're on the wrong path. You're on the wrong path. You need to press. You need to work hard. You need to be in the Word of God. You know, if nothing else changes for you in 2023, and I hope a lot does, you will never go wrong with being committed to studying the Word of God. Look, I've had a lot of people in the last couple of years come up to me and say, Mike, you know, the reality is that I've been at church a long time, but I've never really studied the Bible until recently. To me, that is the best kind of music to my ears. I don't want to be the outstanding person here at church. I, you should never want to have a, what they call a rock star preacher. You don't have to worry about that with me. You know, this cool guy that... No, forget it. I, I don't want that. I don't want for you to want that for yourself. What I want is for all of us to grow in the knowledge of our Lord. I'm not satisfied with a couple of people growing and the rest of us just kind of, no, no, no. We want to take everybody that calls Cross Point their home and we all want to grow together. That is a spiritual indication of a healthy church where everybody's growing. We're not leaving anybody behind. Where it's not like there's an elite group that takes these special courses and nobody else has anything to do. And, and you guys are good. Just keep coming. Give your offerings. All right? all right? Don't forget your offerings. But keep coming and don't worry about it. We'll do everything for you. That's not what you're going to get here at Crosspoint. All right. I'm actually going to finish my sermon right now. And then there's something else that I want to share with you. I know the uh, worship team is getting ready, but I still have <laughs> I should have mentioned that. 
So let me finish my message, which means that living the Christian life requires a realistic assessment, an attitude of resolve, and a resilient attitude. Uh, we saw what Paul says, I press forward toward the goal. But 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12, listen to this. He says, but you, O man of God, flee the things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I mean, listen to that language. Fight the good fight. We're in a spiritual war. The enemy is out for your soul and the soul of your loved ones. Don't be okay with that. Fight the good fight. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Run with endurance. Press on. Be resilient. Look, beloved, whether you follow the Lord wholeheartedly or you don't, whether you're a Christian or not, this life is going to get tough at times. At work, with your family, in relationships, at school, with your teammates, with your health, with your finances. It doesn't matter where you're at. Life is going to get hard. And it's going to require for you to dig deep and work hard and be resilient and, and struggle through some things. The question is, what will you do it for? In those low times, in those hard times, maybe when it's hard to get even out of bed, what's going to be your motivation? More money in the bank? Better this or better that? Or is it going to be your relationship with Christ and honoring your Creator, walking with your Savior and allowing Him to use you for His honor and glory? Life is going to get hard. I know all of us know what I'm talking about. But when it comes down to what is your motivation in life, the Apostle Paul had it right. I leave everything behind. I count all my previous accomplishments as trash, of no value. I, I, I make a realistic assessment of myself. I have so much to grow. I have a resolve to let go of the past and reach forward, and I have a resilient attitude. I want to do what Christ wants me to do. I want to be what Christ wants me to be, and that's going to require hard work. It's going to get hard at times, but it is worth it. Nothing else in this life is worth it than to fulfilling the purposes for which Christ has called us. So, let me share with you a little bit about Crosspoint. A little bit about Crosspoint, since we're wrapping up the year and we're looking forward to New Year, I'm just going to share with you some things, some highlights of the year. And, and the invitation is for you to come to Crosspoint. If you believe that God has you here, and that's the most important thing, look, don't do it for your kids. You know, I like Crosspoint because of my kids. Do it for yourself and your kids will follow. Don't do it for anybody else. If you believe that God has you here and this is your church where you're going to grow and serve Him and love Him, then be committed at Crosspoint. If it's not, it's not. But if it is, don't have one foot in, one foot out. 
commit yourself to Crosspoint. Let me share with you what God has been doing at Crosspoint. Let me tell you who we are. So hopefully this takes about 10 minutes. It says, let me see how much, Crosspoint 2022 and review. So first thing I want to share with you is that this is our mission to glorify God by lovingly pointing people to the cross of Christ for salvation and growth. If you're new to our church, which many of you are, I hope that when you came, that's what you saw. People that were committed to glorifying God by pointing you to Christ. You know, not, not, you didn't come in and we started, you know, being all legalistic and, oh, now you got to dress like this and you got you to stop dancing and you can't go to parties anymore and telling you how to be. We want to point you to Christ. For some of you, for salvation. For some of you, for growth. And we want to continue doing that. And that's really, we're saying we want to be about disciple making. We have a simple discipleship plan. Three words. Experience, commit, and serve. How do we do that? What does that mean? We experience God through worship during our Sunday morning service. We gather. We take communion. We remember what Christ has done for us. We make him the center of our worship. We lift up our voices to him. And we listen to God's word. The second point in our discipleship plan is commit. We commit to spiritual growth through growth groups. And point number three is that we serve the world around us with God's love through service teams. Really simple. So Sunday morning, point number one, Sunday morning worship experience, what do we do? We worship through singing, through the preaching of the word. I want to I mention some, some people, some groups, like our setup team that sets up and tears down. Uh, our AV team, that's a lot of you, but thank you. There's people that you guys never see, but they're up there in our skybox doing all kinds of stuff. And, you know, some of them are here. They're here early. They get everything ready. They provide our live stream. Uh, they put things on YouTube for in case you fall asleep in the middle of the message and you miss point two, you can go back on YouTube tomorrow and then look up the message and fill out your form. Uh, our AV team is awesome. We have a welcome team, a prayer team. We have CP kids and nursery. Uh, we have our coffee makers. Somebody brings sweet bread. Uh, we have our online service option. These are just things that happen every Sunday morning. And many of you are part in one way or another in this. So that's our first, uh, you know, experience. And when it comes to commitment in growth groups, I want to share with you that we had over 100 people that took part over the three uh, trimesters last year. Over 100 people. There isn't 100 people here this morning. But in our growth groups, we have more than 100 people. I think that's really important. Um, we ended 2022 with 10 growth groups. We're starting 2023 with 12 growth groups. We're adding a kind of like a, 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 a basic foundations class that the Durans are going to teach. We're, we're happy about that for you beginning in your, in your walk. Uh, and then in Spanish, we're adding also an online option on Wednesday nights. What do you do at growth groups? You experience fellowship friendships, Bible study, prayer, and you have accountability and encouragement. That's what we hope happens in our growth groups. And then service teams, our service teams, and our ministry collaborations. I already mentioned like our AV team and other teams, our setup teams, but our service team slash ministry collaborations, we have Buds for Christ. That is a ministry in India that the Durans uh, help us lead as well as Reino de los Niños, that's an orphanage in Ensenada. And there is a handout that I left between the Spanish and English handouts. In the middle, there's a, a, a cross-point missions review that tells you more about these two ministries in India and Mexico. 
grab one of those. At the bottom it says, you know, if you want to help and you're interested in collaborating in any way, see the Durans. So I would, I would highly encourage you to do that. My Safe Harbor is in Anaheim. That is a place that strengthens families and we're, we're proud to be, uh, to collaborate with them. Obria here at Whittier, this is a, an organization that helps uh, women specifically or especially when they find themselves in crisis pregnancies. Buenaventura is in East Los Angeles every Saturday when they allow us, when the COVID is not an issue, we go there and we preach the word. Our, our brother and sister Orozco and sister uh, Neri go every Saturday for an hour. They allow us to go for an hour. It's like a rehabilitation home and we preach the word. A couple of weeks ago we got a chance to go and take blankets to many of them and some uh, handmade hats for, for the elderly and some of the sick. They were super happy about that. <clears throat> Crossfire Ministries, that's with Randy Shepard in North Carolina, basketball, but this is a missionary group. And then our Crosspoint Community Food Distribution, which is in Whittier, in conjunction with Heart of Compassion in Montebello. Um, and the next slide, we'll talk about our community food distribution because it's an, it's an awesome thing that God is doing. Uh, you're invited to come Thursdays around 11 o'clock just to see what God is doing there. But we serve food for well over 15,000 meals. And the way we come up with that number is basically we get about 60 people that come. Each person represents a family of three or four. We ask them to sign in, how many, put how many people are in their family, and then their zip code. That's all we ask for them. And so if you come and you see how much food they take, we usually have to help them carry it because they carry usually a big box fresh vegetables, all kinds of different stuff that we get from the food bank and we distribute to our community here in Whittier. And so when you multiply that 50, about 50 weeks times 60 people and about four meals every one, you end up with like thousands of meals that, that come out of, through Crosspoint to our community. For that, we have about 10 people from our church uh, that I'm super grateful for that collaborate in, in setting up, passing out the food, cleaning up, afterwards and about six people from the community that constantly are here helping us with that ministry which is great it's an awesome it's been an awesome way to get to know our community um, many people have come to our church and have stayed through our food distribution ministry this past year we had two meet the leaders lunches that's for people who have been coming to church and have stayed and we have lunch with them and have the elders kind of introduce themselves, get to know everybody. We had over 35 people attend those lunches, which is awesome. These are new people that are being added to our church. Uh, a very special number to all of us, I think, is the 10 baptisms that we've had this year. Uh, I put the names on there. Uh, everybody there is a very special individual. Uh, we're grateful for these professions of faith and, and acts of obedience to be baptized. And the fact that we get to be part of that is is, uh, is just an awesome thing. Uh, many of the people here um, came through our food distribution. And it doesn't matter where they came from, obviously, uh, but just happy to, to see God working through our various ministries here at Crosspoint. Other things that go on in our church that you should know about is our youth ministry, the Good Book Project that meets on Wednesday nights. If you are an intermediate high school and early college, we invite you to come and study the Bible. We're doing John, sorry, Matthew. Uh, the Bible Bowl, that's a specific to our young people. Young adults ministry, if you're between 18 and 30-something, uh, talk to me. We'd, like to, we'd love to spend some time with you and, and just talk about young adult issues with a biblical perspective. We have a women's ministry that meets on Friday nights, a men's ministry that also meets on Friday nights. 
Uh, one of the things that happened this year is our blessing board, which I'm really excited about. If you've never been to our blessing board or you haven't gone to our blessing board lately, I assure you there's something for everybody there. And if you don't want to be blessed, then don't go by there. Just talk to Alvia and bless somebody with some of the stuff that maybe you want. But I'm telling you, there's stuff in there. If you pay attention to what's there and what's being offered, it's awesome to see people in our church offering services, offering um, goods that they have uh, for, for anybody else to be benefited from that. See that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to God using that in, in some special ways. And then we had our eighth anniversary celebration not that long ago, last month, right, or in, in November, which was a wonderful time of uh, fellowship and just seeing what God is doing in us. There is so much more that, that could be said about what's going on here at Crosspoint. Uh, we want to get to the point where we become consistent in coming on Sunday mornings. That's always kind of funny. It's like we have, if everybody was to show up, we would have more people than we have chairs, which would be a great issue. So don't do us a favor and not come because we might not have chairs, you know. That's, that's not a reason for you not to come. Come to church. Be consistent on Sunday mornings. Sign up to a growth group. And then ask the Lord. Get on your knees if you need to. I would encourage you to. And say, Lord, what do you have me here for? What can I start doing? And, and don't wait to, to, you know, or look for stardom and be the best or number one at anything. Serve. Serve your family, serve your community, serve your teammates, your classmates, your schoolmates, serve the people around here at church, maybe find a ministry with which you can connect. That's, that's kind of the idea. Uh, it's not going to be a magical thing that we all grow together. It's going to be when we all come to church and we're committed to learning and experiencing God through worship on Sunday morning, when we all sign up for growth groups and we're committed to growing spiritually through growth groups, and then when we all sign up or find ourselves serving, showing God's love to others uh, through service teams here at church and outside of church. That's what we're looking for in 2023. Um, to me, there's nothing more exciting. I am so blessed to be the pastor here at Crosspoint. Um, I'm blessed to, to know you. I'm excited when we have new people. Every time I meet someone, it's like, oh, you got to meet so-and-so. you got to meet so-and-so. you got to meet so-and-so. Because I think God has a really special group of people here at Crosspoint. If you're Crosspoint, you're part of our family. It's not like if we're like family. We are very much family. So let's act like it. Let's grow together. Let's encourage each other unto love and good works. Let's sacrifice for one another. Let's bless each other. Because through our love, people will know that we are Christ's disciples. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord favor you in a way that you will continue to grow and, and, and be a blessing to people around you. I'm going to pray us out of here, and then our worship team is going to have uh, two more songs that they want to lead us in. Father in heaven, we're grateful for this wonderful day, for this first day of the year, that you allow us to spend it here in communion with one another at church. We're grateful for that. We pray your blessing on this new year. I thank you for everybody who is here and everybody who's part of Crosspoint. Father, that you would help us to press on, that we would just be committed to following you in a way that would honor you and would probably surprise us. Holy Spirit, we trust in your presence and your power. We want to rely on you and the strength of your word and your, and your, your character, your nature. 
use us, transform us to be more like Christ. We ask this in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
Father, I just thank you for giving us another year of life, Lord. Just giving us another opportunity to um, just put our lives in the Word, Lord, to learn about you. Um, Hopefully this year, everybody's resolution is to dedicate their lives to you, Lord, because you died on the cross for us, and nothing is much greater or powerful than that. So I just pray that you give us an amazing new year and that you pour your heart and blood over us during this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.